Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Up the Guts podcast. I'm your host, Tricky Ian. Happy Australia Day from myself, Tricky Ian. JP, how are we, mate? Not too bad, mate. Yourself? You're not too bad. And I was just telling you um, before we got on the thing, a bit of breaking news for tonight's BBL game. It's six season strikers, correct? Yep, correct. Six season strikers. Um, Josh Phillippe has been ruled out with COVID. So him, um, he's been replaced by... Funnily enough, their assistant coach, former Sydney Thunders player, Jay Linton, as the keeper. And um, obviously, earlier in the week, Steve Smith got knocked back from playing because he wasn't on the contract, like didn't have a contract with them. So they had another, um, uh, like another go trying to get him in and it got knocked back. And it says, one source noted, had Steve Smith been a keeper, he would have been allowed to play. How is that? <laughs> That's awesome. Like, imagine that. Just like, oh, like, yeah, no, I don't know. He's a keeper. Yeah, I keep. Like, just because Steve Smith so well known, of course, you know, he's not a keeper. Hey, the man can do anything. Oh, can, can he not? But I wouldn't mind seeing him with some gloves. Imagine imagine the chat give you. Hey, David Warner did it once. <laughs> that he did. Now, I want to keep going with the big bash topic, obviously. Um, Maxwell's innings, how good was that? Obviously, that was on the Wednesday and we recorded on the that day or the Tuesday and so we missed it from the last episode. But um, how good was that innings? Oh, mate. Like, was it 151 when I'm out, was it? I think it was 154. 154, yep. Um, pretty sure it's the highest big bash innings ever. Yeah, it is. He broke um, his teammates, Marcus Stoinis, who was there with him at the other end of, he had 147 not out Stoinis. That's right. Um, anyway, um, you know, uh, I've told you, but <clears throat> I told you when I heard about it, I said, how good is Maxi? You know, we both know how good he is. I'm pretty sure he started off the year with a ton or early in the year with a ton. You know, yep. um, they're talking about possibly trying to bring him back into the test squad. Yeah, I read uh, that actually. A lot of comments weren't for it at all. He had some. No, not after one innings. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm all for it if they want to do it. You know, they brought in Scott Boland off one test match, you know, doing all this kind of stuff. And he's really good in Asia. In the Asian yeah, no. So, he is, he's very good against spin, so that, help, that does help. So, um, but yeah, what a man. Like, as I said, like, we've, got, we've got our T20, com- uh, T20 games coming up soon. Yeah, and obviously got the World Cup at the end of the year too. Just, just in form, uh, just in time for him to get in form and you know hopefully go out there and absolutely smash it. Yeah, that would be good. And now obviously finals are underway for the Big Bash, and the first game obviously was the uh, the eliminator between Adelaide Strikers and the team you backed to go all the way, the Hobart Hurricanes. And uh, gotta say, like you did beat me in the Ashes predictions, which we both went pretty poorly, but this prediction was just. Pretty shy, if you ask me. Uh, no, I wouldn't go that far with it. <laughs> I mean, they like, were, they were a pretty good side. Like, you got McDermott in there, like, Matty Wade, Scott Boland came back in there. They're a very good side. It's just, I think they just crumbled under pressure again. Darcy they, Short, 
Yeah, that they did with Matt Short and Alex Carey starting it off with the opening wicket. They put on 145. Like, that's just unreal. Carey, back from test duty, he's making 67 from 45. And um, Matt Short, 89 from 48. And they made six for 188. It's just, it's just unreal. Like, what do you do with a bowler like that? You're just sitting there going, like, you just want to get them out and they just won't leave it. It's just so frustrating. And it's usually the way they go out, they get themselves out so stupidly. And you sit there as a bowler go, I can't even celebrate that. Um, as a bowler's perspective, because I'm a bowler anyway, you can't try and just bowl, try and not bowl into his slot, obviously. That's one thing. But you try and go for as less runs as possible from him. We know Matt's um, good square of the wicket. Yeah, so what you want to do is try and either go wide Yorker or set a deep cover and just bowl full. Yeah, exactly. If he if he no. goes around the corner and ramps you, you can't really do much about it. Yeah, no. You can't, you can't, you can't set a field for everything. You can't like no, one set up there and you can't change it like that. Sometimes you just got to sit back and just go, well played. Pretty much, man. Sure yeah, them, they would have been doing that too. Yeah. And then with Hurricanes, they backed it up with in return. They made they were bowled out for one sixty six with Darcy Short top scoring with fifty six from thirty four, and the Golden Arm Peter Siddle. What a second half of the tournament he's had. Picked up four for thirty two. Man doesn't stop, does he? Hey, mate, I reckon he retired too early here. He's picked yep. up 23 wickets for his season. He's a golden arm, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I think he's, wasn't it? He's one behind the most wickets ever, I think. Like, I mean, in a tournament, pretty sure. Or did he break that? Yeah, it was really. something like that. He was up there, um, most wickets in the tournament. Someone, I think Daniel Sams had it or something. He's taken, he's taken 23 wickets for the season already. So, yeah. And obviously, he's the captain. Which I reckon he, he's done a really, uh, like really good job for his um, skippering. He's got him into yeah. a pretty good composition. He's bowled himself. He hasn't been scared to um, bowl himself in the tough overs either. And he hasn't been, especially when Rashid Khan was playing, um, he wasn't scared to throw Rashid Khan the ball real early to try and buy that wicket, even if he leaked a little bit more than he normally does. Yeah, well, you got friggin'. You got Peter Siddle that bowls normally when they um, is it two overs they get? What's that? The it's like the batting power play. The um, yeah, the, back, the surge, the surge. Yeah, the surge. That's right. Is it two, two overs? overs yeah. They yeah, they yeah, get well, two overs. Yeah, we normally from that. Yeah. You got you got to admit everyone's trying to go real hard. Then you know swing for the frigging hills. Peter Sewell steps up and, you know, he really performs in those two overs uh, generally, so. On on that, what are your, th- what are your thoughts um, on the surge? Do you like it or do you rather just have six and str- um, straight up? I like it, actually. Yeah, I agree. Because it brings it, a bit more. It, it, it could, uh, well, yeah, that, but it's late in the in- inning, so you know you're going to get some fireworks in it. Yeah. And it brings higher scores to the game. Definitely. Obviously, obviously, Renegades and stuff getting rolled for 90 or your team, Melbourne Stars, getting rolled for the lowest score ever. So, uh, but other than that, mate, um, no, they, it brings out a lot, a lot of high scores though, you know. Like, look, you, you're thinking about, like, look at look at Melbourne Stars again. They broke, I'm pretty sure they broke a record with the highest score. 
yeah. over in the T20. Um, Strikers making 188. But it's not really... 200 is basically almost pushing par now, roughly, because of those overs. In, um, I'll argue that, though. I would, I would have agreed with you last year, but I feel like this big bash tournament hasn't really been big scoring. Um, Oregon's been a little less. That's uh, what I'm going. I'm going, I'm going off really last year because I haven't watched much this year. Yeah, yeah. I really I, away from yeah. It. Like they've been, they've, it's been more of the 150s, 160s nearly every game they've winning. Yeah. Which, is still, which is still a good score. Like a couple of years ago, that was, you're like, oh yeah, I'm going well. I'm going real well. You're getting 180, you're like, won the game. Now, oh, one like it's anyone's ball, anyone's ball game now. Especially with all the players that are coming in as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then we had um, Perth Scorchers, Sydney Sixers um, in the qualifier. Uh, my boys, well, not my boys, but the ones I tipped to win it, Perth Scorchers beat Sydney Sixers by 48 runs. They also had a um, a big opening um, stand, wicket stand, of 120 with Josh Inglis, the next picked keeper for Australia. 79 from 49 and Curtis Patterson, 64 from 41, helped the Scorchers, three for 189. And in return, the, the Sixers were bowled out for 141 in the last over. But I'm going to say... Screw the 79 from 49. Screw the 64 and 41. Best performance of the day by hands down was Ben Dwarsh's bat at number nine. Smashing 66 from 28 balls. All around the park. Did you watch this innings? Uh, I've seen highlights, mate. Watch the highlights. And uh, I can tell you now, he was going big. Mate, like, he, it was good. Yeah, he it was, was good going, to watch. He was what he could do. Yeah. So, what do you reckon a promotion to eight? <laughs> Mate, maybe more. Yeah. Six. And then um, next game we had was the knockout. Sorry, Adelaide Strikers again. Um, Sydney Thunder. Adelaide Strikers again. They're showing showing they're up for the fight. They beat Sydney Thunder by six runs. And um, your boy that you've bowled to again, Ian Cockbane, the Englishman from Lang Warren, start again with sixty five from thirty eight with Matt Short also continuing his form thirty nine for twenty eight to help the Strikers to six for one eighty four. Um, you want to take it away from this one part, mate? Um, well, you know, big dog. Making some runs, huh? And Cockbane. Yep. 65. Matt Short. Again. Um, I've, I've talked to you about him plenty of times. You know, we both said it. Yeah, we um, have. He's under the radar, eh? He really is. Uh, I, I remember I thought, but he's been around for a, a little bit now. And like, I, I remember I thought he was playing it like Victoria. I thought he was more of a, a bowler who can, who can bat a little. That's what the percep- perception I was getting from him early doors, the way they were playing him. And then now it's just probably the other way around. A batter who can bowl a bit. Um, yeah, well, like, he's under the radar. Like, he's got um, hopefully maybe two more games in him. Um, he can possibly still pass Ben McDermott the, the leading runs for the season, which is be a very high, high, uh, like, high thing for him. Yeah. 
So, so on that, um, did you watch this game? Because I want to get your take on, um, obviously, so shaky starts the Thunder with Alex Hales going early for nine. Did you see the way Collage went out? The catch. Did no, you see the catch? Highlights. Did you see the catch? They reckon it was did grass. You, I did, did have you, a look at it. Yeah. I reckon grass. So you reckon Kawaja has a fair argument? Definitely. Because I know Ricky Ponting was saying um, there was definitely grass, but it looked like he got his fingers underneath it, so it's a clean catch. And then but Kawaja, they interviewed him like during their innings. Um, Kawaja was saying, my argument to the umpire was, can you give me, like, tell me straight to my face 100% that did not touch grass, and they couldn't give me an answer, but he still had to cop and walk off. Yeah, I know. Stiff, if you ask me. It's very stiff. Because that... Realistically, yeah, that, looked like huh? that looked like the deciding factor when Clyde went out. But then um, Jason Sanger and Alex Ross um, put on 90 runs. There's another one, mate. Jason Sanger. He's gonna, I'm telling you, next two or three years, no. I remember I called it. Sanger brothers, both of them will be playing for Australia. Some sort of the format. Well, yeah. Like he's just come out. He's always had that bit of... <laughs> he's oh, always had um they've always scouted him as the next player up and about oh yeah definitely they um yeah because he captained obviously we said it before he captained that under 19s world cup squad and um yeah he I'm, did a good job in that too yeah i'm interested to see in the next three four years where he will be oh uh, he'll be playing for australia definitely if he's not playing for australia he has to be either injured or Done something wrong. Um, anyway, Sunday finishing just short. Um, six for 178. Sidwell again picked up two for 41. A little bit expensive there. And uh, Harry Conway finished it off in the last over with two for 33. Now, what would how would you be feeling? How many runs was there? I'm pretty sure there was 14 runs. 14 runs, I think, or 12. 14 and 12 in the last day of the game. Yeah. Harry Conway. Now, we know Harry Conway does not bowl that quick. Mm -mm. If you were the bowler, how would you be feeling with 12 or 14 runs left and you had to bowl the last over? Oh, you'd be nervous. I've been in a situation like this. You'd be nervous. You just got to execute your plan that you think will work the best, I guess. See, there's a game. No, you go, mate. No, you no, go. You go, you go. No, you go. You, you, I was just saying, like, even if, like, you obviously you had that discussion with your skipper, but at the end of the day, you know what's best for you. So I feel like you just go with what you think's best. Yeah. And execute that plan yeah. as best you can. And if it doesn't work, well, there's not much you can do then. I had a game for Sky, yeah? Round one, my first game ever playing for him. Versus Bonio. I was bowling the second last over. They needed 18 runs with 12 balls left. I think. No, that no, I bowled the second last over I was bowling. Yeah. 18 runs in the last mm -hmm. two overs. Yeah. I think they only had one wicket left. Yeah. Anyway, I said to myself, I said. I said to me, Captain, I said, if it goes down to the last over, we've lost this game. 
Mm-hmm. Because our opening bowler was going to bowl, and he was shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I've come in the bowl. Got him. <laughs> I think they got a couple of runs off me. And I, was, I kept looking at the scoreboard, looking what they were on. And I think mm-hmm. got down to 14 runs or something. All right, they've played a late cut off me, down the third man, turn, throw, run out, we win game. That's unreal, mate. Mate, it was tense. I can tell you that much. What a way to welcome yourself to the club. Oh, it was unbelievable. I couldn't believe it. Um, but yeah, like, dude, you have these tense moments and in cricket, obviously. And you feel like you just you just want to grab it with both hands. You want to be the one. Mm-hmm. Oh, you've had you you had that with your grand final. Yeah. Yeah, you just want to like you want to be the man. Yeah. Well, I've done that. I've done it plenty of times. Haven't done it in like a oh, I've done it in a couple semi-finals for juniors. Yeah. But like nothing nothing I wouldn't say like too big. It was just a winning a game, but like nothing like in a final. Mm-hmm. In a final, that's where you want to do it. That's when the real. Oh, I mean, like, yeah, yeah, I have. I mean, like, yeah. Although you guys did draw, shit out. I know. <laughs> Shout out to Ryan getting ball last ball. Anyways, um, so <laughs> no, obviously, and then the <laughs> no, no, back on it. Um, the BBL coaches, um, play the, the tournament. tournament was announced, so we'll go through that. Openers, um, from the Hobart Hurricanes, obviously. Back-to-back times, couldn't go past him. Ben McDermott. Other opener was um, Sydney Sixers' Josh Philippi. You know what that one looks like? Um, yes. He had an all right season. Mm-hmm. Not, like, uh, number, not like the one that he's had. Yeah. Number three, Melbourne Stars' Glenn Maxwell. Mm-hmm. Number four, Perth Scorchers' Mitch Marsh. Obviously, you've got to have him in there. Number five, Perth Scorchers, Colin Munro. That's a given. Uh, he he made, he made, one, yeah, he made the first time. He's made a couple of 50s. Yeah, all right. Number six, Sydney Thunder, Jason Sanger. Yeah, got to have him in there. Number seven, Sydney Sixers, Moses Honorikis. Well, we're naming all batsmen, are we? Number eight, Adelaide Strikers, Rashid Khan. Mm. Number nine, Perth Scorchers, AJ Ty. Yeah. Number 10, Sydney Sixers, Hayden Kerr. Don't even know the bloke. <laughs> Number 11, Strikers, obviously, Peter Siddle. And he's a captain, isn't he? Golf man, which arguably you could probably... I'll see if you replace Philippi with this guy. Sydney Stars, 12th man. I mean, Sydney Stars. Melbourne Stars, 12th man, Joe Clark. Does he go straight spot for Philippi? Um, I wouldn't have put freaking Philippi in there. Yeah, who would you? All right, go with me. So there's your 12. So you got obviously Joe and Clark, they, Peter Sid, Hayden Kerr, Aiden Ty, Rashid Khan, Moses Henriquez, Sanger, uh, Munro, Marsh, Maxwell, Philippi, and McDermott. Who's someone that's missing? The boy that we've been talking about, Matt Short. Load that yep. goes unrecognized. That's true. 
He does go, I reckon. I suddenly not even realise how good of a season he had. Hey, second leading run scorer. Yeah, you could be a dark horse at that one too. Curtis Patterson. He's gone, he's gone under notice too, oh, I reckon. Yeah. Hey, he's, re, he's um, like reinvented himself to be a T20 player. Mm-hmm. I, I remember him playing at Sydney, Sydney Thunder and he was absolutely frigging horrid. Because he, he was more of a test bat for memory. He played the one test, was it? He, he has played, played for Australia in a test. Yeah, he, he played against Sri Lanka. I'm pretty sure he played two. Yeah. So, obviously, yeah. And then, how t- off topic, but how tall is he? Normally, you don't see that for batsmen. When you see a tall batsman, you go, why aren't you bowling heat? Cam Green. <laughs> exactly. Cam Green's just built different, though, mate. I hate to say it. He's just built different. Mate, that bloke is... Some bloke like him can bowl 140 click and also bat. Oh, no, it's just unreal, really. Unbelievable. And then what? So one Ashes is done, another Ashes starts. The women's Ashes. Oh. Now, has before we. Yeah, no, it has. They've only got one game and the rest have been abandoned, so I was going to get that. But there was already some um, controversial things happening. Did you see who got left out? Yes, I did. What are your Why? thoughts? Well, to be fair, the person she got left out for, listen to this, Talia McGrath, this is who replaced her. Three for 26, then yeah. 91 not out of 49 balls. Oh, yeah, I did hear about that. That was um, Perry's replacement. So, I mean, like, I was sitting there going, how's Perry getting left out at the same time? You can't argue with this performance. Oh, it's a life for life. Yeah, it Have really you is. Seen who they've brought in? For oh, for the um, was that the one I read earlier? The Sutherland Stella Can- Was that the one I was reading yesterday? Go on, you uh, go then. Pretty sure it's her name. Is is it Stella Campbell? Yeah, it doesn't doesn't remember. Yep, yeah. her last name's Campbell. Yeah, but her I saw last, um, you know, I got added as well. Yeah. The last time she played, mm-hmm. Stella Campbell. Yeah, it is Stella Campbell. Yep. Last time she played, she took seven for 20. For? Australia. Oh, Jesus. She's quick. Yeah, how, she's how quick? How, like, are we talking quick for, without trying to sound weird, for rude, for women's, or are we saying still, like, would she be classified as a medium fast if she was playing men's as well? Oh, no. She'd be classified as a fucking medium fast. She's quick. She bowls like, wheels. 125, 130? Hey, mate, put it this way. I'd be shit scared to face her. <laughs> Just like you and your face in Matthew Hutchison that time, eh, mate? No, no, I wasn't shit. Oh, no, 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 no. oh, no. You would just jump into leg stump for no reason, mate. You would just jump all the way down to leg stump for no reason, mate. No, no, no. I left that ball fair and square. You left it and your body left away from the stumps as well, mate. Hey, don't hate me. I made 17 that night. Yeah, no, mate. It's a bit of fun. But did you see also, did you see Andre Russell's run out? I've seen glimpses of it, but I didn't really watch it. Have you seen that? I've seen clips as well. I'm pretty sure what I heard was it hit something and ricocheted and hits another stumps. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, like, but, no, let me see. Andre Russell, here we go. Andre Russell, run out. Uh, 
Assuming I can probably one of the most of the time. He nudged the delivery and took off for a quick single. Someone fielding it short third man threw down the stumps at the striker's end. But Andre Russell's batting partner um, made inside the crease. Meanwhile, assuming everything was all good, Andre Russell was casually jogging to the non-striker's end. But an extreme case of bad luck, the ball actually ricocheted off the stumps at the striker's end and somehow flew all the way down the pitch and hit his um, non-strikers and stumps. So, yeah, I was right. So, yeah, it's hit ricocheted off that one and gone down to there. Mate. Mate, fuck. <laughs> what? Mate, if I got out like that, I'll quit cricket. <laughs> Mate, that's just... Un- oh, so um, enough. Uh, that's probably our, our done for cricket talk now. I'm a bit of an really- Australian Open here. You can't, really, you can't really not talk about it. But, you've surely been watching Kokonakis and Nick Kyrgios. Uh, I've seen some highlights. How good. And They're in the semi uh, tonight. They just won the quarterfinal. They're in, yeah, they're, yeah, in the they're in the semi tomorrow or tonight. It's one or the other. And then if they do that, the final is on Saturday. I know that. Mate, I hope they win it. Have you seen, have you seen some of their... Um, Post, um, yes, yeah, and some of the stuff they've been doing. First of all, in the last match, did you see um, buddy Kyrgios whack a ball at bounce and he hit a kid in the face? Good on him to give him a racket, though. Like, you're oh. sitting there going, Oh, like, he didn't need it. I pretty it wasn't the full, it did bounce, but imagine what's the what's the odds? Yeah, well, they did say the Rod is it Rod Laver they were at? It would have been, yeah, they would have been playing, mate, would have yeah, been well, Rod Laver, one of them. They say that their walls are not as big as like the other stadiums, so understandable. But like, at least he gave him the racket, and dude, I don't even think they really care if they win or lose. Well, no. Um, did you not hear Kyrgios? Well, at first I thought that was there for fun, but Kyrgios literally said at the end of, "Did you watch his last one on court?" Yeah, he wants to. He, I say, let's fucking win this. Or something like yeah, that. he goes. And then, did you hear what Kokonakis said after it? He goes. He goes. <laughs> Um, there's no, nothing more than I love coming and playing here. Us um, Australians, especially Melbourne, atmosphere is like no other. Mate, come in here and cheer as loud as you want anytime. Come here, oh. sink, go home. <laughs> sink, <laughs> go home. That is gold. Mate, well, I'm, no, but I'm telling you now, they might want to win it, but like, I'm, they're having, they're like, if they lose it, they don't really care. Yeah, exactly. They, I had a mate, I had so a mate say, and I agree. Um, tennis needs someone like Kyrgios. Oh, definitely. Otherwise, it'll just be boring. And like these he's two, like got, he's grown out of his bad boy stage. Yeah, hundred percent. It's he's just kind of grown up a bit. He's not a bad boy anymore. What I think it is is he loses concentration with himself really quickly, especially when he's playing singles because he's any he fights with himself like his stuff in his head. Because you can, if you yeah. watch him play singles all the time, he's talking to himself all the time. He's sitting there like using hand movements, going, what are you doing? Talking to himself. Now that he's, I feel like, because he's exceeding doubles, I feel like it's because he's got Kokonakis next to him. Maybe he's so having maybe, fun. Maybe Kyrgios will be better, maybe as a doubles player. Like, because I just noticed he, he, gets in his he-, he gets in his head very easily. Like, he just drops his head very quickly in singles. Yeah, I reckon as soon as he loses a point, 
Yeah, he. he really well, everyone thought it was game over, and that when he when he lost that the um the last game he played in the singles, um the first set when he dropped his head, he was four one down and came back, obviously. But like he just get I don't know. As soon as something bad goes happen, he doesn't know how to concentrate. He doesn't know how to control it. Yeah, exactly. But I'm hey. if they win this. Well, obviously, you know, brother Corey, he was on the phone to one of his mates before and they were talking about the tennis because they were at the um, the Curios last one, Kokonaka's um, match. He yeah. said, and I quote, that is the best atmosphere game I have ever been to. It tops any AFL game. He went to the AFL um, grand final last year and he's been to other finals because he's Bulldog supporter, been to all the finals. That um, uh, atmosphere at the tennis beats any football game hands down very easily. That's how really? big it was. Yeah. You're just chanting the whole time. Well, that's just like, man, like tennis is something different when you, you when they let you be, you know. Just off note real quickly. Mm-hmm. Two of them beat Cardi today. Did they play today? What was that for? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, actually, yeah. I did see that. It was an um, Australia Day game. Like, what was that? Normal round? What? Yeah, normal round. Real, real scores while you're at it then. Obviously, this is in the Premier Division. So, two of them, uh, Cardi made five for 202. Oh, bad score, actually. Was, was that yeah. two of them? Yeah, was that or, two of them? Yep. Alex Noy made 50. Nice. Uh, Brady he's Welsh still, made. Is he still uh, captain? Noi? Nah. Captain Nah. Uh, Jake Prosser is. Okay, yeah. Brady Welsh, their keeper, made 70 odd, 72. Yep. Uh, so obviously they made that in 40 overs. Um, then you've got Turidan that chased it down in 38.5 overs. Callow here made 46. Mm-hmm. And there was a couple of 30s by Russ Lehman. Aaron Avery, Josh Lowndes, and Dill Sutton. Hmm. You, you think it'd be... One for 53. Ooh. Yikes. But yeah, Jack that's... What's that? Jack, yeah, Jack, Jack Bacon. Yep. Yeah, I know of him yet. Uh, none for 30 or four. Oh, yuck. Oh, not, not his day. No. You faced him before? Apparently, he's gotten quicker. Yeah. What was he like when you faced him? Uh, I, I haven't faced him yet, but back back in the day, he wasn't as quick, but he's gotten quicker. Try yeah, volleyball, he... bro. Yeah. You know, the offie? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Try volleyball, yeah. Number he's a couple years older than us. Isn't he? Yeah. Well, he more of a, was he not more of a battle? Both. Both, yeah. What do you get, none for 17 off eight? Yeah. Kemba. I'll give you that. And Kemba. Yeah. So back to the tennis. Did you yeah, kind of... He opened the batting. Opened the batting, yeah. Did you see Dylan Alcott or Alcott? Get a, he got Australian of the Year yesterday. You know Dylan Alcott is, yeah. Dylan Alcott, the tennis player, the Aussie players in the wheelchair. Might have to cut that out because you're going to look like a really... Oh, mate, yes, Alcott, yes. The one in the wheelchair. Yeah, gotcha. Copy that. Yeah, Paralympian. Yeah, he got Australian of the Year yesterday. He got named Australian of the Year. Really? Oh, that's good on him. 
And obviously, and you see Ash Barty after the Australian Open will also keep her number one um, world ranking spot. That was confirmed the other day as well. So the Aussies are going all right. It's good to see. Yeah. All right. Into some AFL news. Starting this off. (laughs) Mason Cox. My boy, Coxie. Coxie. Comes out with some prescription sunglasses. And he's trialling them to play during the season. Possibly at night time as well. Well, I mean, have you got a problem with it? Is the question. No. No, because if you read what, have you read what he's been through, like through 2019, yeah, there was points where he was like five eye surgeries. Yeah, but he yeah, there was be part there'll be there was points in 2019, I think I read, where he'd have to sit in a dark room. Because he couldn't like watch TV, couldn't look at his phone without just freaking out, and he would just go blind. He just had to sit yeah. in a dark room for an hour, and then all would be good. Yeah. That was from all you know, all that. So like, I mean, what happens when you have I got that photo. Remember that photo I put up? I got that. His eye was um stuff then too. So, yeah. and it was I heard with an accidental post. Was that going? It was all to do with an accidental poke. Yeah, Kane Corns made a good um, comment, I thought. He goes, he has no problem with it. He goes, look at Ruckman. They go up and under their socks, they wear heavy shin shin pads and they run in, they crash into you. So what's, what's um, should be no problem with glasses then? That's not going to harm you. Shin pads are going to harm you. Yeah, well, as long as they don't come off, then we're good. Exactly. Um, and um, Jack Darlin, I'm sure you would have heard this. It was everywhere. Did you hear this? Yep. Unable to train, didn't want to get vaccinated. Um, it was told, was it under AFL policy, all football staff at both West Coast and Fremantle had to be have their first dose of COVID-19 by January 21 before um, to continue attending club facilities. He hasn't had that. It's now 26th of Jan and um, AFL's deadline for them for the second dose is February 18, but he'll also be subject to a state's proof of vaccination requirements from January 31, which is only five days away. What are your thoughts on this, mate? Like, and he hasn't said much. He's just like, going to be another one that retires. Yeah, like, people said... Have you what, heard of Liam Jones? You guys, what's that? Have you heard Liam Jones? Obviously, yeah, saying, mate, just leave it to rest. They're not going to change it. Oh, he feels as fit as ever. If they ever change their like reasons, I'll come. I can come. I'll come back and play in a heartbeat, mate. They're not going to change it. It's just the way the world is now. So just leave it at that. You've made your decision. You haven't gone with there, so it's just not going to happen. I'm sorry, but there was not even a point making that comment. Really, like, say you're fit, but like, don't say, "Oh, if they change it, I'll come back," because they're not going to. So don't bother. No. Oh, look. Hey, if you get if they change it. At least they know he's fit enough and he can go through the mid-draft and get picked up by someone. Exactly. But what do you reckon this means for Jack Darling and West Coast? So, obviously, uh, he, hasn't said, he hasn't said How much. Uh, what did you say? How old is he? Like 28? He's 28, 28, 28, 30. Um, um, he, I, I reckon he's... People have said on his Twitter, they've seen he's liked um, anti-vaxxing like, tweets, people tweeting about it. But he hasn't come out and said anything. Like everyone's saying, if you're an anti-vaxxer, just come out and say it. Because he was blaming it on an injury at first. 
Yeah. Um, and, uh, but, and that he's training away from the club, but then he's gone and liked anti-vaxxing stuff, like heaps of them apparently. I reckon, I reckon he will, he'll retire. So what does that mean? Uh, does that mean um, Os- how much pressure does this put on Oscar Allen with Josh Kenny coming to close to the end of his? No pressure. Well, I think it's not pressure, both, but I think both built for it. Yeah, but I think West Coast need to stop messing around with him because he had a great start to the season last year. But then they yeah. said, "Oh no, he's like this athletic person." Wait, what's from down back? We'll, we'll bring no, Waterman up. We'll bring Waterman up to the forward line. We'll play. We'll, we'll bring Waterman up from back to the forward line. Then we'll chuck Waterman back. We'll bring Allen back forward. Oh, we'll, we'll put Allen in the ruck. Just pick a spot. Forward ruck. Not even Mate, ruck. That's Just why they, 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 lost, they lost it against us. Put him as your mainstay forward and see what he can do. No ruck, no defense. Do that for 10 weeks and see what the result is. Uh, he's going to be a backup, backup ruck. Okay, yeah, backup ruck, but not as much as he was doing. The way he was getting thrown around was a bit of a joke. Well, he's only young, so you got to see where he can be. But I know he's really killing it up forward. But it's all like Darcy Moore. Darcy Moore at one stage was killing it up forward. Not this also, good. Not that he was not right. showing this potential. Yeah, but I know what you mean, yeah. Strong potential. Got dropped. Uh, didn't get dropped. Got put back and all of a sudden killed it there. So they could do whatever, but hopefully they um, just keep him in one position now. Where do you want this position to be, though, is the question. Where, If you're forward. watching... Forward. Yeah. Forward. Definitely forward. Definitely yeah. forward. He, so, he, he, he can literally walk out and kick back five. He's too tall. Yeah. And he's, he's quick. I mean, like, you say that you want him as that backup... Not to argue, but... You, um, not to the backup Ruckman, but you got that Bailey Williams. Why don't you play him your second Ruck, even for the first 10 weeks, and leave Oscar Allen as that stay-home forward, your number one target... See what he does. Bailey yeah. Williams showing he's up to it. To play as that second ruck. Hey, West Coast have got problems. That's what it is. Yeah, they really do. And I mean, like, you thought it was... I think both WA clubs have got problems, really. Because, like, Freo just... Uh, Freo's a bit more. The only problem Freo's got is freaking... Um, what's his name? Rory, no, Rory Lobb doesn't want a ruck, he just wants to play forward. Yeah. I don't but the thing is, Rory Lobb's got to start performing as a forward to play to say that exactly what I was going to say. You can't demand that. Like, what have you done as a forward that in a game in the past? I'm going to even say three years that I've sat there and gone, Wow, I couldn't tell you one. There was early signs at GWS, I sat there and go, Jesus, this bloke can play, he can take a good grab. But oh, I haven't mate, seen it he, was taking, he was taking big hangers, everything. Kicking goals. Had a really if good season went, before. If you went back to that Rory Lobb, by all means, stay as a forward if you want. But you can't demand that when you, the stuff you're dishing up is very oh. below par. Awesome. All right. On to our um, North Melbourne best 22. Well, we've had a – I'll take it away. So we've had a couple of weeks off for this. Just, I guess, a lot of Ashes talk, really. Now coming up into the um, leading up into the footy season, we're going to be doing more of these, get through all the teams. We're going to have more guests like football people, even local people. We're also going to do some tier lists, stuff like that. So stay tuned for that. But for now, I'm going to go through my North Melbourne best 22. So um, the back pockets, I've got Jack Zebel and Aiden Bonner. 
Fullback, Ben Kai. Halfback yeah. line is Aaron Hall, Aiden Core, and Luke McDonald. Centre yeah. line is Jaden Stevenson, Jai Simpkin, and Tom Powell. Half forward line, Jason Horn Francis, Nick Larkey, Taryn Thomas. Full forward line, Cameron Zerha, Callum Coleman Jones, and Curtis Taylor. Followers, Todd Goldstein, Ben, Cunning- ben Cunnington, and Luke Davies Uniac. Uh, interchange, Will Phillips, Jed Anderson, Jared Pollack, Bailey Scott. Um, yeah, so what do you think of that squad? I Obviously, people will probably question that Jason Horn Francis playing at half forward, but I feel like he'll spend a bit of time at half forward too, but he is a star midfielder in the making. Don't get that uh, twisted. Is there no Zeebel in that? No, yeah, Jack Zeebel in the back pocket, sorry. I did say that, yep. Yeah, I was going to say, just he's, making, he's done well down in the defence, I reckon. Oh, I just I did not hear him. Yeah, sorry, hear yeah. Um, yeah, no, very good side. Mm-hmm. Good to see. Uh, Jared, good to see Jared Pollux on the inter- interchange and like in the team. Yeah, I'm having to give him hopefully, another go. Hopefully, maybe Josh Walker can get in there. Yeah, I pro- I had him written down, um, like touch and go, but he was in my emergencies. Yep. He yeah. was in my emergencies, so he just missed out. No, other than that, man, like you've got a pretty good strong side he can there. Forward or defender, really. Yeah, obviously with all the, um, what's it called, delistings and losing Robbie Tarrant as well, doesn't help. But no, you've got a really strong side. And obviously, Jason Horn Francis does play his first game straight up. Yeah, round one. No, no questions asked. All right, well, guys, that's probably going to end the podcast for this week. Thanks, you guys, for listening. As always, um, subscribe to, to our Apple Podcasts and follow us on Spotify. And we'll see you again next week, which there might be a bit of a different look next week. No promises, but just wait and tuned. See you, guys. Bye.